Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Geekdom Come podcast. This week I'm joined again by my special guest Nathan Johnston. Hey everybody! And today we'll be discussing a whole crop of DC shows like Gotham and Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow and also we'll start with um, a discussion of The Walking Dead Season 6. Now be warned, there will be spoilers for all of these shows that we'll be discussing. Not just the current season, but um, pretty much uh, the whole of each series' run. So I started watching Walking Dead about four years ago, uh, when they were just at the end of season two, and uh, I was hooked immediately. Oh, a late watcher, hey? Yeah, I, I'd sort of heard mumblings about how good the show was and, and all that, but I, I'm, I'm always very late to the parties in, the, in these uh, sorts of occasions, because I didn't start watching Breaking Bad until the months leading up to the final season. Ah, so. See, I have a beautiful thing. I have my missus, who is always on the internet trolling for new shows and all that, so I all, like I was there in season, episode two of Game of Thrones, like, for, that's how early I was into, like, like that's I try and create credit that I'm like, oh yeah, I was there, but it's always pretty much my missus is like, look, mate, sit, watch this show with me, and I'm like, and then usually I end up getting in front of her and then she gets angry because I'm in front of her and I won't wait <laughs> for her to catch up. But so, yeah, Walking Dead, I pretty much watched from the third episode because she heard the big hoo-ha about the comic because she knew I was big into zombies back then. So she's like, this show's amazing comic and they've converted it into a show. Come watch. And, right up your alley. Yeah. So what, what did you think of it um, out the gate? Oh, I loved it from the start. Yeah. I, th- I think... Out of all the seasons, uh, the one and a half seasons that Frank Darabont was showrunner has the best visual sophistication of the show. Mm. Especially that ending shot of the pilot episode where he's inside the tank and all the all the zombies oh, that are is just amazing. crowding him. And the the, op- the opening highway scene um, of season two mm. as well it was just incredible. Even like the, the small little things they did in first season to kind of like the horse scene that got them a lot of big controversy and all that. That brought a lot of people in because they're yeah. like, oh, it's this show that it, like Peter or whatever is like trying to ban them for and stuff like that. So they got like good press from even little events like that. And yeah, from the tank scene to that horse scene, I think that's nearly the next episode, that horse scene. Or is that the third episode? I can't remember. It's been years. Or no, maybe it's since... even the first episode because I think the horse gets eaten and that's why he has to go into the tank and that's why he ends in the tank. Oh, yeah, 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 it would be because he, yeah, he rides a horse from meeting Morgan to the the tank so it's been a little up and down some of the following seasons mm. i think they found it hard to strike a balance between the amount of character drama character moments and action mm. in the show i think well that's like one of like why how i've tried to convert a lot of people that aren't, aren't really zombie fans i'm like it's not really like a horror zombie series like it's not really about the zombies the zombies are there to help flow the the human character interactions and stories and stuff yeah. like i was oh, forever trying to get my parents into watching i'm like you you like this and my mom's like i don't like zombies and then like i went over like last month or something like that and i was like what are you watching she's like oh the new episode of walking dead <laughs> i was like oh. it was literally my brothers had to sit my mum down and watch make her watch the first season i'm glad they did because now she's like she watches the new episode every um, monday on foxtel like they all gather around the house because most of them had that day off and watched yeah. Walking Dead together now. What, what you were saying about the zombies sort of just being a backdrop to the most important stuff, that, that's really true because the, the biggest villains of the show have always been humans. Humans, yeah. yeah. Which is like life in general. Like. Yeah, I mean, some people suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't think that's ever a, an aspect of the show that they've struggled with, the villains. It's, yeah, it's just... I don't know, some of the, the characters themselves, they haven't always known what to do with, especially Carl. Uh, Carl still annoys the shit he, out he, of me. He nearly won me back for a while. Apparently, yeah, he's got, like, where I've stopped watching, you know, like, halfway through season four, he was getting good. Like, he was like, I'm a badass, I can come my dad's cowboy hat and all that. But now, apparently, he's gone terrible and annoying again and stuff like that. Well, yeah, the, the problem I've always had with him is that the actor just sucks. Mm. Um, I liked him as a kid. Like, not... I, he was still annoying, but like that was the purpose of his character to be that annoying kid and stuff. But still, the yeah. humanizing factor in the scenario, because like I thought, what's the name's daughter? What's the Carol's? name? Carol's daughter was mm. going to be the yeah, but we all know what happened in that yeah. scenario. Season two spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as he's sort of grown up and uh, more sort of dramatic material has been given to him, 
I think he's really struggled with it. Although I did like the dynamic that um, he started to have when he when they went to Alexandria halfway through season five, which is where they where they still are. He was sort of allowed to become a kid again, you know, for the first time since the zombie outbreak happened. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. But yeah, I mean, he's I don't know. It's just because there was uh, that that I when I was still watching, there was that scene where all those other kids had come to the prison, and he was the only one who was like, no. I don't. I don't want to be a kid anymore. I don't want to be a kid. And they were all like, "Have fun and stuff like that." Yeah, and that's sort of the opposite of what happened um, when he went to Alexandria. He he was sort of standoffish at first, but then when they were allowed to relax and sort of start a, a new life there, he um, really relished um, having friends and even um, having a, a, a girl he had his eye on. Really? Well. Yeah. <laughs> Skipping ahead a bit. Season five was the best of this uh, series, I think. So season six had a lot to uh, live up to, and they started at a really good point because it was they, the, the end of season five finale was when Morgan first came into Alexandria, and the first thing he sees is Rick shooting some guy's um, head off. But I think at times it's been a little hit and miss. Um, although comparing it to season five is a little unfair, I guess, because season five was just so bloody good. But I think the uh, the action-packed episodes, like these people called the Wolves, do you know them from the comic book? No. They're kind of like the wildlings from Game of Thrones. They just sort of live off the land and just have no... Allegiance uh, to anybody, really. Yeah, they just... They're a law unto themselves, and they, they paint this W on their forehead in, in blood, which sort of looks really creepy. Is that sort of what the scavengers do in... No, they're just kind book? of... Well, yeah, yeah. Well, kind of like your post-apocalyptic looking stereotypical guys in the what do you call it? Well, they were introduced late in season five, but season six they they attacked a compound and that was really bloody good. And and you got to see Carol be a badass again because she, she Her disguised herself. Yeah, like the whole of this like series has just been amazing, incredible. Yeah, like from a battered housewife, like literally by her husband, and then he was a prick. But she's starting to re- regress away from the wanting to kill people, and now she's only doing it in self defense as the last option. There was another episode when uh, when the war- uh, this horde of walkers just converged upon the town, and they they were using that trick from the second episode where they cover Covered themselves in the, yeah, in I the saw guts that and in everything. Trailers, yeah. That, yeah. that was really good, and attacking the Savior's compound was really really great. But the whole is Glenn dead thing went on for I think three or four weeks, and uh, it being a a fake it, out in the end was just really, really frustrating because it would have been so good for him to have actually died because of where Maggie's character was. She, she was pregnant at the time, mm-hmm. and for the stakes in the in the season to have raised, because if you know, I, I th- think it was two or three episodes into the season, if a major character had died and a fan favorite one, yeah, the, the audience would think, shit, what's going to happen next? And they they they're doing they might be doing another fake out death with what happened at the end of the last episode as well, where Daryl was shot, but you can't and blood splattered all over the uh, the yeah. lens, but you can't exactly tell the angle of which he was shot. And then when the screen went to blank, the guy who shot him said, "Oh, you you'll be all right." So well, he's, I don't know. Al- he's always been a worry because he's not a character at all in the comics. Like yeah. he is a, a TV only character. So like he's all he's. Uh, who's the real actor in real life? Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus, yeah, he's always done like petitions, like I'll do anything to keep to keep my character alive. Especially the first two seasons where they were killing off characters left, right, and center. Like, please but keep my character. Apparently, he's leaving after season six. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So maybe they will kill him off. Yeah, I just I just don't know what to think. Um, and but it's it's ironic. Yeah, he is the only original character on the show, and he's the most popular. Really. Yeah. 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 Now, the setting of Alexandria, it, it's had a lot of story potential because it's really the first, I think, the first semblance of, of a normal place they could have lived since, I think, I guess, the farmhouse in season mm. two. And they had a lot of interesting characters there. The former leader, Deanna, who's... Um, there was who, sort of the governor's facility. Yeah, but, I mean, that there was always a creepy vibe. I mean, yeah, but and, it, and like, you knew that the governor it's, was... It's still, like... That base was still a good base if you took mm. the people out of it and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, Alexander also has the nice people on top of it. And I think they're trying to set up the Tri-Cities that they have in the comics. Because I think yeah. there's... I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, there's three major cities in the comics at the moment and like the main party has one. Negus, I think, runs one of the others. And, and then... Hilltop? I think it's Jesus. I can't remember his real name because they just refer to him as Jesus in the comics, but he runs the other one. I'm yeah, because sure. well, yeah, we were in, introduced to Jesus. Oh, is he I think finally season? Uh, I mean, episode ten. Yeah, 
10 or, or something. Oh. And he took them to Hilltop. Oh. And so, yeah, there, there, there could have been this really interesting dynamic played out, I think, more throughout the season between Alexandria, Hilltop, and whatever the, the Saviour's city is. city is called. But because they're leaving the reveal of Negan until the season finale, I don't know, maybe that, that'll just leave the dynamic to play out through throughout all of season seven and it'll be really, really good then. But I think for... Because apparently the, tri- the, the Tri-Cities in the comics is one of the best arcs to date yeah. still. So cool. hopefully, yeah, season seven will be... Yeah, because, I mean, um, hopefully Jeffrey Dean Morgan will, who's playing Negan, will hang around for a very, very long time because he's an awesome actor. Yes. And his entrance in the comic is any anything to go by. He's going to make quite a splash. <laughs> He's such a good... Finale. Like, th- that got me back into the comics. Like, one of my mates was telling me about the character and I started reading just his arc and stuff like He's such a good character and all that. He... Like, most of the characters and villains we've met to date were good people, sorterish before the yeah. the apocalypse, you'd call it, and the, the new world changed them. In, in It's like the theme and all that. But yeah. Negan was a bad person before the apocalypse, so... Oh, right. Yeah. And he... But he tried. He be's a good guy, but he's all his nature is to be a bad guy. So rather than it's that, a good guy masking as a bad guy, he's yeah. a bad guy masking as a good guy. Yeah, that'll be really, really yeah. interesting to watch. I guess, and a, an actor of his caliber will be able to do a really good job with that. Mm. So yeah, hopefully it'll pay. It, it, this this sort of build up will be worth it and will pay off in season seven. But I really like that Lenny James, who plays Morgan, has been a series, uh, has been a season regular this this year because he is a fantastic actor. And there was this prequel episode called um, "Here's Not Here." I think it was episode three. It was one of those episodes where they were putting off finalizing the fate of Glenn. And a filler it, episode. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's one of these filler bottle episodes or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it's the best bottle episode that they've done in this series because it, it was an extended episode as well because mm-hmm. it, it just gave so much depth to Morgan's character because I think in season three was the last time you saw him and he, he was just this crazy guy I think he, he was just about to kill his wife who had just turned into a zombie and who had yeah. killed his son I think all, all that and then in season five late, late when he showed up um, he was this monk sort of um, Kane from Kung Fu sort of character oh, yeah. and this, this Kung Fu yeah. good reference <laughs> this um, this episode explained how we got from point A to point B and the guy who um, oh, what's his name John Carroll Lynch who was in Fargo he played the oh, yeah. sh- sheriff's husband in Fargo and he played the you know supposed Zodiac killer in yeah. that movie. He's a fantastic actor as well, and those two playing off each other for an hour and a half was just fantastic. And there's a monologue that John Carroll Lynch has towards the end of the episode, which is a real turning point for Morgan's character. It's uh, it'll bring tears to your eyes and it chills down your spine. It's I'm gonna have to catch up. Fantastic. To yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. season four, yeah, it, it it was kind of treading water for a lot of it. It was, but, um, but I I have a bad issue. Like I have like a bad habit of getting like fourth season itis, even with the Game of Thrones, which like nobody gets like chug itis. But man, season four, <laughs> like it was so good. Season four, but like halfway through season four, I was like, Ugh. and yeah, Walking Dead was not helping that it was already treading water itself, and I usually mm. get a bit like iffy with season fours. I usually come back to a lot of things, but yeah, season four was, uh, and then yeah, I just have not come back to Walking Dead, and I keep getting that people like, yeah, bro, yeah, come back, it's real good, but then sometimes that makes you not want to watch it. There's some like stubbornness, like I didn't like it, and you're not telling me to come back and listen to it. But what? yeah, I definitely have to come back because my parents being so obsessed over it now, like because I'm back at like homes at the moment while my new house, like they're always talking about it at the house when I'm over there, and I'm just like, shh. Plus, to be able to binge watch it more. Yeah, well, that's yeah. another good thing. Yeah. So I read an article recently. Well, not actually read. I just saw the headline. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> um, clickbait I'm reading. <laughs> one of those people I know who was questioning how long the show could go on for after introducing Negan because he seems to be sort of the Mount Everest of villains in The Walking Dead. Is that is that, is that the case? No, because I mean, he's been in there for ages. There's so many storylines for them to pick from Negan and stuff like that. There's like he's just an excellent character. He's just like he likes to, yeah do like social experiments in this new world because like there's no one to control him. So he's just like let's see what I can do in this new world and stuff like that. That's why yeah when like I saw a random episode where the town with sanctuary when they were the cannibals when it showed the flashback 
of how they became the cannibals. It looked like this external force had come in and kind of like, I can't remember the details, but like, it looks like, I think they forced them to eat another person or something like that. And that's messed up. Yeah. And then I think from there, that's when they became cannibals. But like that really, really feel like a Negan type of thing to do, like come into a town and turn them into cannibals. So like, I was nearly excited to come back. And then when I heard, yeah, more like before this season started that they'd cast Negan and he's come in, I was like, oh my God. And then, I don't know, I must've lost, but yeah. No, there's no way they're finishing here. The comic's still going, so yeah, I don't yeah. know the fate of Negan in the comics. I haven't read further on these days, but yeah, no, they're still going, and then it's still amazing. Apparently, like, what's the sh- writer? Robert Kirkman. Yeah, he's doing. Oh God, I think it's called Haunted or something like that, which is like mm. a horror yep. one. But he's still writing Walking Dead as well, so like, it's not okay. giving up. Yeah, I mean, I just can't wait to see Negan's entrance because I can't wait to see who he. Uh, knocks off with Lucille. His baseball bat? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that its name? <laughs> yeah. It, it's wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah. Or something. Oh, there's just beautiful images. Like, if if you literally type Negan comic, you'll get... I'm pretty sure the first row of Google images will be him. Like, come in, he's a beefy man. Not, I wouldn't say fat or, like, muscly, but just a big Solid. dude. Just, yeah, like, tree trunks. And he's mm. just holding that bat and he's just got that smile on his face like he's enjoying life. Like, this is his playground, <laughs> this new world that's been created for him. Now, I think my major gripe with this season is that at, at times they've had too many storylines going on at the same time. Because at one point you had uh, Glenn and, and Nicholas, that, that time when Glenn you know, was dead, wasn't dead, whatever. And then Daryl was often stranded on his own when he um, came across Dwight and those, those other people and... And then there was Abraham and Sasha and Edith, Enid, Enid, Enid. yes, Enid, Enid and and uh, Maggie and Aaron and bloody Carl. I mean, it was just I don't know. It was far too scattered, I think, and they couldn't service each story properly because they were just jumping around and around, and you couldn't sort of connect with anyone's uh, storyline going on. I think that's where like a lot of people like get mixed up. Where you can have a lot of characters, but just like group them into like maybe two storylines at the same time. You don't yeah. have to have all these characters have multiple different like storylines. And all. A lot of good shows, I'm not a big fan of the small cast shows. I like a big cast, but I like them doing not, a, not just, I want to know all about the people, but like group them into story, like single plot storylines. You don't have to have individual mm. like tree, like branches going out everywhere in all different directions. That's it's one of my issues with Arrow, which we'll discuss. <sighs> Shortly. Anyway, we should wrap up this discussion soon. I just um, so they they had this sort of scattered scenario when in season four when they were traveling from the prison to sanctuary, but they were grouped together really really well. And also they they introduced characters like Abraham and and Rosita and that who were just awesome characters on the show. Um, so yeah, I, I, see, I see where you're coming from, and that would really be good. If well, they did it well did in it. the first yeah. two seasons. They had lots of characters, but yeah. they still were in groups to get like when they had the. In, I think it was first, yeah first season when they had the group at the campsite and then the group that was in the city. There yeah. was still a lot of like characters on both sides. There was like ten and half, ten, yeah, yeah, ten half, and ten, half a dozen at least. Yeah, it, so. and there was still just two main plot lines still, and it was beautiful, and I loved it. And you could keep up, and like anyone who's like doesn't like casually wants to sit down and watch it doesn't have to like sit there with a wiki guide and like oh my god I can't remember that character oh my god what's her backstory and all that stuff like that so. plus you had Merle who was just awesome you just loved to hate him oh how good when he came back for that yeah. like slight little moment with his metal arm <sighs> oh I'm sick anyway that's enough about The Walking Dead let's move on to Arrow Ugh. Arrow <laughs> okay um, so Batman with a bow is literally how yeah. Arrow's really gone over the, the few seasons that's the, that's the main Hi- hippie Batman that's that's what he is in the comics, but they haven't really tapped into that in the. But they've the pulled show. a lot of Batman storylines as well. Ra's al Ghul and yeah, Deathstroke. Yeah, although he started no, he, Teen he, Titans. Yeah, I was about, yeah, Robin's yeah. Uh, villain yeah. mostly. Now, my patience is wearing thin with Arrow, and uh, it's a real shame because I've I've loved it from the day that it it started, and um, it was a breath of fresh air to have a really really great superhero show on tv smallville i'm not counting you really not a fan no, of smallville no 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 oh, i love smallville anyway, anyway that's 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 another podcast yes i think series 2 uh, sorry se- season 2 was the series highlight mm, definitely oh, I mean, slade wilson yeah um 
I mean, they had a great villain, great character building flashbacks, great conflicts. Mm. I'm a sucker for the I'm for a villain that's not a complete villain, which is like the Slade Wilson. Like he yeah. he wants to get like. They they blur the lines more and more the mer- the further they get into their plots like their their schemes and all like they start on good intentions like he wanted to get back at Arrow and stuff like mm. that for what the events of the island and all that but then started to like murder and kill and end up nearly destroying the town in the <laughs> end. <laughs> I thought that the double life that Oliver was was living in the first two seasons was really really good and that's something that they've really lost. Team Arrow was relatively small in seasons one and two. I mean, maybe three people, maybe four. But now, nowadays, you've got six or seven people on the team and heaps of people know that he's the Arrow. Yeah. And they, yeah, they really should smallen it down and build, like, one or two characters and all. Like, as much as I love Diggle, he, yeah, he's just, oh, it's so, like, iffy with Diggle because he's, like, nearly my favourite part of it, but mm. I wish he wasn't there at the same time. Kind of like we talked last week about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was my favourite part of Batman vs Superman, but she could have been taken out, and it would have been a better thing with it. And I know they use Diggle for plot points and stuff like that, but it, it yeah, it floods the thing. You kind of only need Arrow, and maybe Felicity, and then definitely what do you call it, Black Canary, depending yeah. on what version they do. And they've really, really screwed the pooch on Black Canary. Like they had a good Black Canary with Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Even though it was a new take on it, it was still an amazing... And then they killed her off. And then I was happy that they they started to do the, the, the origin story of Black uh, Canary, like training with Wildcat and stuff like that. Because I know last week we said Wonder Woman is actually the best martial artist, but technically in the extended Justice League, Black Canary is actually the best martial artist of anyone. And she is the head trainer in most versions of Justice League. Really? She wow. trains the new recruits on martial arts and stuff like that. She's actually the top... Like, she, I think she's about one of the only one that can beat um, Batman hand to hand and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, so that's the caliber like I've come from from the comics, and then this version. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the scenes just with Diggle and Oliver are the best. Oh, that's char- what I mean. Like, character the, scenes in the yeah in, in the he's in the an series. amazing thing, but they could have taken those scenes out and done it with Black Canary or with a mentor character or something like yeah. that. But like. Because a mentor character you can take away and he can show up. Like, what was the the dad? The um, the love interest in the first season's dad? The Asian dude? I, can't even I don't know. I don't know. The one he trained with on the island. I don't know. The one who trained him... Oh, no, Slade trained him a lot as Slade, well. Yes. Yeah, but um, they were their love interest. Shadows. Shadow's dad. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Shadow's dad. Remember he trained him with the bow and stuff like that? Yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. That was a great mentor character. Yeah. And Slade was another mentor character. But Diggle is like the best buddy, but that role's usually kept for a sidekick. And he's not a sidekick, because he's too good for a sidekick, but he's, they still shoehorn him into a sidekick role and stuff like that. I think that I've really enjoyed Oliver's dynamic with Laurel. Mm. More so than with, I don't know, Felicity. I mean, I'm really starting to hate Felicity. She's I love nothing. Felicity, but I don't want her and what's name together at all. Yeah, I, I think I, he, he and Laurel belong together. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're damaged together, yeah. and that's the yeah, the, the two like damaged pieces that kind of heal each other. While Felicity's that, an amazing character, amazingly strong character, but they oh man, they, they, they make her not the known. character too Ex- often. Yeah, exactly. And but the, she's not, and, and the lecturing character as well. She's getting she was getting too big for her boots in some parts of season three, and they haven't really known what to do with the character. Up until this last episode when she, she seems to be on a path where she wants to direct Parmatech into more of a... I wish you know, she Helping the community yeah, sort I left, of I, When they were starting to set her up with Ray, I was like, this is awesome. And then, yeah. and then when Ray left, I, I was hoping she would leave with that. Like, he obviously died, but then came back. But then I thought she might leave and do something and kind of come in as like a... A special guest every once in a while, but she's still like back. Like she on. does on Flash. Yeah, yeah. and it, she's oh, her on Flash is amazing. They, she comes in, the dynamics amazing, but she doesn't over like stay her welcome and stuff mm. like that. Which, not not being negative on her character, but like she's too positive for this dark like dark I was, tone. I was going to say she fits the tone of what Legends of Tomorrow seems to be. I haven't watched it, but just from the impressions, I get. I'm yeah, she would be excellent. She mm. could be their tech guy on the Legends of Tomorrow because like. I know they have 
Oh, what's the name from Doctor Who is their like mentor character and stuff like that? Jo- uh, Merlin, the guy who plays Merlin. I think so. What's the one? John Barrowman. Yeah, John. Yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, no. Um, Victor Garber. Yes, yeah, the one who actually is the time machine and stuff like that. Who runs the time machine? I don't, I don't know. know. But he was one of the sidekick characters on Doctor Who and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so, I mean, you have Felicity at the moment, and now you have male Felicity in Curtis. Mm, I know, now there's two of them, and then they really (laughs) just... They split the episodes. It's neat, like, a lot of... Like, I read a lot of reviews about it, and they describe exactly what it is, where it's nearly, like, two opposing stories, like, going against each other. Like, you've got your happy tone one. Like, they try and balance this, like, gritty tone, because I think they got a bit of, like... Backlash about Backlash season in the, three. You know, yeah. in like even like season one and stuff like that, they're like, oh, this gritty like thing. And then so they try to positive it up with Felicity, but like they should just go all out, like Daredevil. Like yeah. that that is the point where I lost interest in Arrow when I watched Daredevil, because I was like, this is That's proper gritty done. dark tone. And yeah. it's and it's not yeah, it's not comic it's, booky. Leave the comic booky stuff to Flash because that that balances it really well with the dramatic stuff that they they're doing. The, the, those because are this, the two... this last episode of, of Arrow had Brie Larvin or whatever her name is the the um, the bugaboo character yeah. from Flash uh-huh. had it on on Arrow and it's it was cringeworthy. I mean, the only reason I got through the episode was that so I could be up to date for this podcast. Mm. That's, that's it. Mm. Well, like. Yeah, Flash is Flash and Daredevil are my two tone favorite comic books. Flash is my favorite positive, and like Marvel has tried like both sides. It's funny because like DC has always seemed to be a bit more gritty and drama and all that, but Marvel has done it better with Daredevil. And then Marvel's supposed to be like positive and fun and comic booky, and Flash has done it better than any of the Marvel TV shows. And it's funny how the other two have done on the TV side have done. Better versions of the other side's tones and stuff like that. Now, um, you're up to about halfway through season four. Yeah. Now, what do you think of all these fake deaths that are happening? Because uh, I, I think... Because like, uh, they, were, they, were, like, they did the flashback where they saw the grave and stuff like that at the start of the fourth season. And I was like... And they had the, him and... Uh, had Arrow and Flash standing in front of the grave and all that. And yeah. I was like speculating. I was like cool, they could probably kill off Laurel or they could kill off like this character or this character to set up and build characters. I didn't actually see who's the one who dies. So uh, They haven't, re- haven't revealed oh, it yet. Oh, they still haven't revealed it. Um, it's not Felicity, although it would have been okay if she Yeah, that's what I was hoping. Died. It'd be Felicity because it would set him back more into the darker tone. They could set up him and Laurel again. I wish Thea had died last year because she's a little annoying, especially with... Every season, it seems as if she has to have a, a, a love interest, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this Alex guy is um, who's actually on the show. I'm not talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> um, if he's going to actually be revealed as someone who was working behind the scenes with Damien Dark or whatever, but mm. if it just, just turns out that he's just this normal election campaign person, oh. it's just going to be a waste. Mm. And who else? Oh, they've they've brought back Sarah as well for. Legends of Tomorrow. Even like that Roy was an amazing sidekick. Roy, yes. That's he should have killed off Thea. Would have given... Because, like, man, the stuff with Roy in the comic... I mentioned it sort of a little bit last uh, episode, but, like, the, my favourite comic book that got me into, like, adult comic books is the Green Arrow, Green Lantern special. Like, they did that crossover for, like, a couple of years, and, it, like, it was all about, like... Greenland coming back to Earth and he kind of sort of lost his powers so he had to team up with Green Arrow and yeah there were so many plot lines where they brought in Roy and stuff like that because he became a heroin addict in the comics and stuff like that and it was like yeah the first time they deal with that kind of stuff in comics and all that and literally the first episode like the front cover of the comic is like him just about to Roy about to put a stick of needle into his arm and like Green Arrow coming in and being like Roy heroin and stuff like that and like they nearly saw, saw look, it looked like they built a character that could kind of like fit that kind of storylines and stuff like that but then, then yeah they half killed, fake killed him off and he, he comes in every once in a while but like he was getting really good and like I believed his emotions and some of his like episodes just about him were amazing yeah I, I thought that um, having him actually die would have been not exactly fitting but a nice emotional cap to his storyline because he was he was starting to feel more and more conflicted throughout season three about having killed that cop, I think maybe back yeah. in season two. Or yeah, when he was like. on the Miracle. Yeah. yeah. 
so I think that that would have been a, a great noble sacrifice, and then Thea would sort of take up the mantle of, of Speedy, but then they fake killed her off as well. I mean, what what's going on with this I show? Know, and I now, would, and now with now with the Lazarus Pit uh, in the show, now you, I mean, that's what every I mean. character can Lazarus become, Pit's um, always that's always a bad thing on Batman, and now they've brought it into Arrow because like that's where like the controversy with all like Jason Todd and stuff like that, why how he came back and stuff like that, and then. Too many people kept coming back in Batman and stuff like that because of the Lazarus pits and well, now it, the same thing's happening on Arrow. It could work if Ra's al Ghul sort of really fortifies it and keeps it for himself. Well, apparently he's come back in Legends of Tomorrow, so I'm going to have to catch up. I think the most recent episode, he's in Legends of Tomorrow, so... What the hell? And Talia. They've brought in Talia, finally. Jesus. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're really bat- Batmanizing yeah, exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, this aspect of... Uh, Oliver leading a double life which I was saying was really really good in seasons one and two they started to play with that as well at the start of season four when he was running for mayor Mm. and apparently uh, again I haven't read the comics but apparently he's a big sort of political figure in the comics yeah the new DC uh, the new 52 um, what do you call it uh, Green Arrow was really good like I'd never really cared about that character or because I've always seen him as like a Batman character the only time I liked him was in Future and stuff like that where he was the one armed archer that would mm. use his foot and stuff oh man that awesome. was, he, he was so cool and stuff like that but um, yeah so like after I'd got into Arrow I was like might as well give the new comics a chance because some um, a lot of friends were like yeah read it from this point I think it's at I think it's th- episode 33 in the individual comics and stuff like that where he starts to get really good in the new 52 and they sort of kind of have a taking from like a lot of comics is doing now is taking from their Marvel I mean from their movie or TV universe and kind of adapt from there and yeah it's a really like version of that like and they redid the the island and stuff like that and it was all about so was the island an original origin story yes yeah yeah worked really well now they shouldn't have gone off the island in season 3 no they should have stayed on the island but what, what could you do but because no, actually, no, no. See, well, you don't have to have flashbacks blacks every episode. Well, actually, what they—I don't know if they're still doing it now with the the drug dealer and stuff like that on the island. That's where the new—I think it was Year Zero uh, Green Arrow in the New Fifty Two. They did a plot line of that. He ended up on there. It became a drug trade. It was a drug trade on that island, and yeah, he had to like guerrilla warfare this drug trade and stuff like that. Yeah, just and that's how he got off the island and stuff like that just in the comics. See him get more and more crazy, mm. and closer to that sort of bearded freak that he was at the in start. season one. Yeah, yeah the yeah. killer in season one. Exactly. Well, um, uh, what was I going to say about the um, yeah, him being the mayor would have been a good callback to what he was portrayed as in season one as the Robin Hood, sort mm. of working for the people. Uh, but I mean, after the first few episodes, it sort of went missing, and it was mentioned every now and then mm. and now it's just been c- completely scrapped because sort of he's becoming bat- Batmanized, where like Bruce Wayne is kind of like this like shadow person that people know of like oh Bruce Wayne the rich guy rather than in the comics like everyone knows his alter ego and stuff like that he's a peaceful nice guy and stuff like that and I know you hate Smallville but that was a good version of Green Arrow's like alter ego and stuff like that the rich mm. businessman and all that but not in the same aspect of Bruce Wayne where it's like Bruce Wayne's usually out of the limelight. Apart from the movies, they, they had Bruce Wayne in the limelight. But most in the comics, he's like this like shadow figure of like the rich dude that runs yeah. the city and stuff like that. And every once in a while, the only time they see him is in, at parties being Bruce Wayne and stuff like that. And that's the only time they ever seen him and stuff. So then when he goes missing, they don't like, oh, where's Bruce Wayne? How come we don't say it? Because he disappears all the time. He's like a mystery figure. But like, yeah, Green Arrow's figure is a lot different than that. Yeah, I mean... If, if he had gone on with his mayoral campaign, or even become mayor, then he could have battled the Dark family on two different fronts, because mm. he's got his, his wife, what's her name, Ruvay Adams, I think? Um, I don't know if that's a character from the comics, but battling her sort of in the political arena, and then Dark at night, you know, no, no pun intended. Well, that's the thing, Dark um, is more in the Justice League Dark and uh, magic characters and all that, he's yeah. not usually... And that was the best thing we have to do an episode on Constantine itself. But when Constantine was put in, because Dark in the New 52 is a Constantine villain. So like I was like, oh, oh right. my god, they're probably setting this up. And no, he was just like, here's Constantine for a yeah, while. Yeah, I, I wish Constantine has stuck around for more he than is, one episode. He is, my, he is my favourite DC character of all time. Like, I am 
Hellblazer comic fan. Like, I don't know how I stumbled. I think maybe a cousin or something had a Hellblazer that I read, and I was like, oh my god. And then I went more bored, and then. I think I think one of my parents read it and was like, "What is this?" And I was like, oh, "Don't worry about it. It's just comics." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And yeah, because like Hellblazer is like really adult and stuff like that. And yeah, and they finally did a good version because we know we had that Keanu Reeves movie, which is like the Americanized bastard version. It, as much as I love, no, I love oh, that. Okay. I love the movie, but it is. It's Constantine by name only, really. <laughs> and but yeah, the TV show was amazing. But yeah, so Dark was well, a magic villain. I've so. really loved Dark um, when he's on screen mm. as the villain. I just don't think that he's been on screen enough because they've sort of spread his influence out across the whole season, and ma- maybe that's that's a bit of a, a problem. And also, his his overall plan is a little bit hazy. I'm not really sure what what it's about. I mean, it's called Genesis, mm. which is also the title of the thing in one, one or two weeks. That episode is called Genesis. So it'll probably be the yeah the full un- unveiling his... of it. Mm. But the only thing I've seen of it so far is the end of one episode where they I don't know it's this big greenhouse or, or something that they that he shows his his partners or whatever. I, I, I yeah, don't know. Like but the, I, I just think way, maybe he appeared. The way you explain it is exactly how you f- we feel about it. like it. We don't care. Like we see these plot points coming, but it's yeah. like not like oh my god, I need to know what it is. Like yeah, I think I just think like, they're trying yeah. to spread things out over too many episodes. And again, it's a problem. You know, do we, does it need to be a twenty-three episode season? Mm. Can it be eighteen episodes? Maybe they should literally just do. I, I'll keep saying it: the, uh, the Netflix version to 10, 10 episodes and do an hour long. Yeah, and, just and make it, it fucking awesome oh. each episode. But it's, it's, it's like a it, mini movie. It is different yeah. though, because like it's the network that has them. Like CW, like these shows are the top of CW's like list. Yeah. Like they make the, they have the most viewers and all that. But it's nothing compared to HBO numbers or something like that. And like the low shows on HBO make get more viewers than people in CW, so they don't have as much budget and stuff like that. But yeah, because they're, they're only getting between 2 and 2.8 million viewers per episode, But generally. for CW, they're big numbers. So that's why yeah. they will always keep going. And that's the problem Constantine had. It was on NBC. It made Flash and Arrow numbers, but on NBC, that is very, very low numbers and stuff. Especially because it was straight after Grimm, which is like... Grimm is literally Constantine. <laughs> so like, and Grimm has this massive following, so why would they migrate to something? Especially like something like Supernatural as well. Supernatural is literally two Constantines in one show. Like, it's like when people like say, oh, like the, this thing did it originally, so it's the best. Well, no, the first wheel was this rock with probably lumps and stuff like that. Now we mm. have wheels that like are so amazing. So like, and if you brought back the original person who made the original wheel and tried to make them do a new wheel, they do an all right job, but people have done it better now and people have taken that idea and made it better now. So like, it's hard to do things like Constantine now because like there's so many shows that are constant, like what Constantine is, like super, yeah, as I said, Supernatural and Grimm and there's millions of these Supernatural shows now that do literally what Constantine was. So it's a good analogy. Mm. I just think they, yeah, I mean, Dark was a really good villain to have, but they sh- should have done what they did in season one and two, which was an escalation of the villains, because you had sort of, you know, the petty v- villains in season one that he started out mm. killing, and then you had Malcolm Merlin at the end, and then <sighs> season two you had Brother Blood, and then move, moving on to Slade Wilson. Mm. And se- we- season three, I reckon, yeah. should have been Malcolm Merlin as the small villain, mm. and then Ra's al Ghul at the end, just to raise the stakes from, you know, the big, big bad from <sighs> season one is now the small bad of season mm. three. And season four could have been maybe the uh, the first half could have been you know focusing on the mayor campaign and everything and having more of sort of freak of the week sort of villains and then in the second half introduce Damien Dark and to build that up and sort of condense it down so it's more impactful I think mm, it would have been better. But yeah, I just don't know. Like they 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 tr- keep trying to top themselves rather yeah. than they focus too much on topping the season before and rather than just like hey build a plot and if, if it's good people don't care if it's better than the last season or it's like bigger and better than the, not it's probably will be, be better but like it's not going to be bigger and badder and stuff than the season before which they keep trying to do and it keep, that's why they brought Raz in because like they'd done so well with Slade and they're like oh no we need a villain that will come and kind of another top. Batman villain yeah, um, as long as the personal stakes for Oliver are high enough, it doesn't really matter what the scale of the production no. is. 
Nah. They should just... They do the method they kind of did with... What do you call it? Um, with Slade, where he, like, starts small and built up. While, like, yeah. Dark came that, in... That was, that was a really, really great two-season arc. Yeah, like, Dark came, Dark came in and was, like, badass from the start. So how do you... If you start from the top, then how do you keep a villain be bigger and badder? You can't. You've already made him, like, this scary... You. You should have kept him as like a dark force in the back and never seen him until about no, halfway. No through. pun intended. <laughs> like kept him in the background, like like the, the first the, the, the puppet master. Yeah, like the the best horror is the 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 monster you never see because your mind makes it scarier and stuff like that. So like you keep building this big and bad thing, and then but then you kind of come into the plot of horror films where it's like you can never have a good ending for a horror film because like. Mm. How do you top? The audience's imagination is always going to be scarier than what you see on TV. Yeah, like Alien. You never see in that first movie the alien. You see like glimpses of an an arm and leg and all that. And and at at the end, when you finally see the full alien, you're like, oh, it's it's like it's a classic icon and all that. But like, I bet the first time people saw that, they had a different vision of what this thing in their mind was before it was unveiled, and it was a lot scarier than like the alien is scary as hell, but. The mind is always scarier. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stick with Arrow for the rest of the season just because you know I hold it very dear. Mm. But I I think it's the Flash is probably gonna be priority viewing for me starting next. Oh, Flash next is amazing. Season, oh. I'm, I'm only halfway through season one with Flash. Oh, it's so good. And yeah, because keep... you saw the Grod fight and all that. Yeah. So season thirteen. I was is very what impressed with, with the budget they have for yeah. that to do something like that. And I've seen the ending to the King Shark episode. Mm. Anyway, so might as well serve this as a as a segue into talking about Flash. Flash yes. So. Yeah, I'm the, the glimpses I've seen of it have been really, really impressive. Yeah, that King Shark looked amazing. Oh, just just yeah. everything they've done, like that was the big worry of doing like characters like because I've always said I kind of wanted Green Lantern as a show rather than a movie and stuff like because like his plot points are very long. It's never a monster of the week, so I movies are just an extended monster of the week. And so, like, you need to build the story behind... Because we saw what happened with the movie. It's way too much origin story. Like, the origin story is nearly the whole movie of yeah. Greenland. And then, yeah, the origin story is not that big in Greenland. Like, I mean, it's big, but it's, I mean big as in the plot of, like, why Greenland is so amazing. Like, the stuff they do with, like... It's really, a, like, a vision of our society, but in space. Racism and stuff like that, and... War and stuff like that, and they do it in space. But yeah, there's no way you could do that all in a movie. I'm amazed to see how they're going to try to do it again. Cause as I said last week, it's hard for when the studios to try and get away from Earth. But as I said again, Guardians has shown that you can now. So hopefully, yeah, maybe having him um, show up as a sporting player first will sort of help with building up his character and his background. And but stuff. Yeah, and, and, and you don't have to focus on an origin for his film in 2020. Mm. But yeah, f- yeah, Flash. They d- the origin nearly is like a couple of episodes and like yeah they did it this the start in arrow and then mm. it was just going to be a little like they were going to do the origin as a couple of episodes in arrow and all that and then everyone loved how he was in that first episode they were like oh we might do the spin-off show and now yeah now we've got flash and it's amazing it's probably the best comic booky show of all of the versions across dc and marvel and stuff like that and the tone it's so positive but yet it's not positive as in super happy because they still put the drama underneath this, but don't let it affect the tone and stuff. It's just a beautiful balance between drama and comedy and yeah, I've been campiness re- that's not too campy. Like, it's, yeah, it's fun campy, not yeah. s- silly campy. Mm. I, I, I really like the scenes between him and his biological dad and him and his adopted uh, adopted dad. Mm. Who um, did you know the the, the, the biological dad is the original Flash from Flash the original show? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, and again, from what I hear, they are just throwing everything in, into the show. I mean, they introduced time travel what in, I know, late, late, late in the first season, didn't I, they? It blew my mind when they did um, like time travel that early. I was like, wow, they're doing time travel, and then yeah, this season they're doing uh, dimensional transport yes. and stuff like that. So like between all of the different versions of reality and stuff like that. And, oh man! Now, do you know who Professor Zoom is? Yes. Is it's Jay Garrick, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, we do, we're going to spoil that. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, this is. Full, um, <laughs> I didn't know if we wanted to spoil it for you. 
No, I, I had already asked a mate of mine um, about it because it, it was just getting too far far along for me to yeah. sort of catch up soon. But um, Man, that was, a, that was a spin out and a half because we kind of guessed, who, like we sort of guessed who Zoom is in the first season. I mean, Reverse yeah. Flash, sorry. So that, that was... Um, do, uh, that that was his Wells. guy in the wheelchair, yeah. But it's not Wells. It's still oh, can, I can't pronounce his last name. Throne or whatever. What's the what's Thorne? the yeah? What's the buddy cop? Eddie Eddie Thorne. Thorne, yeah. Thorne. 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 Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Flash fans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his great ancestor come back in time, and then he has some device that like kind of absorbs the DNA, and that's why he he. Wells dies in the car crash and he absorbs Wells' DNA. Like he, he sets up the car crash and he absorbs the DNA to look like Wells and stuff like that. Shit. So yeah, it's, the real Wells is actually a good guy, but he dies in the car crash that Reverse the Flash sets up so he can steal his DNA to set up the events of the Flash earlier than... Because the events of the, the Hydra Collidon thing exploding happens, but it happens a lot further along the timeline. But... Reverse Flash wants Flash now, so he, he's sick of waiting because he's been there since his dad was uh, from the mum and dad die, the mum dying and stuff like that. And he gets bored, so he just decides to like set the Flash becoming the Flash up earlier. So he kills Wells, so he can build the thing sooner to make Flash. And that's what I mean. All this plot, could you ever do that in a movie? Listeners, if you're as confused as I am, <laughs> yeah, you, that would have just. Sound like gobbledygook. But that's what I mean. You could not fit that all in a movie. Because, like, trying to explain all... Like, that's what I mean. You're confused already. And you're yeah. watching what's going on. Could you imagine a person... A non-comic book fan watching that in a movie and just be like... Uh, they're already criticised Batman for Superman for being too, like... Non-holdy handy and too many plots and stuff like that. Could you imagine a Flash movie where that was the plot? Shit, yeah. yeah. That'd be... That's what I mean. Uh, the, 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 the Flash movie is going to be excellent. It's going it's to be so worried. trippy. I'm still worried. I don't know how they... Unless they're going to like skip the origin a bit quicker. Well, they they would, yeah, because... Um, He's kind of already the Flash. Yeah, but it's, it's set after mm. Justice League Part 1 as well. Yeah, but that's another worry. So where, like last Aquaman. week, where like, are they going to do the origin stories during Justice League and stuff like that? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, they'll just leave that for the solo films, surely, because they couldn't pack all that into one film. So, have we seen Gorilla Grodd? Yes, um, he comes much, back a few times okay. in that Is first he, season. In that first season as mm. well. Does he talk? Yes. What's his voice like? Oh, so good. Yeah? Because it's... I'm pretty sure they do psychic speak. I'm pretty sure that was what it was. But yeah, yeah. it's still like, God is God and stuff. Oh. So he doesn't the kind of speak things... in full sentences, does he? No, not yet. Okay. But he get, he gets he's getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Okay. Because oh, yeah. the, the only footage of Grodd I've seen is from a, one of the Super Friends episodes. And he's just says, "Oh, too late, Batman!" <laughs> and he just sounds terrible. But that's that's. Have you watched thing. any of the like the Justice League uh, animated show? No, no. <sighs> I'm gonna have to get you a way to get Netflix so I can give you get you to watch that. Oh, yeah. the, if you ever want to watch something Justice Leaguey, watch that, that. That is Justice League at its pinnacle. That Justice League show, which goes for two seasons. And that's pretty much just the core team, like your Batman, your Superman, your Flashes, and blah, blah, blah. Then Justice League Unlimited goes straight after it and is literally a sequel to it. And it has the Justice League, as you know, the Avengers, as in like everyone pretty much in the DC universe is that's a hero is in this like huge wow. Justice League. And it has every once in a while, like the main, the main guys, like Batman will be in the episode, but he'll be like the mentor of like the group. And they'll, they'll have like a back Black Canary... Green Arrow, Wildcat episode and stuff like that. And st yeah, and it, oh man, it is the best Justice League thing ever. Like anything to do with DC that's not comic books, that's, yeah, pinnacle. So that's why I hope they kind of draw some of that stuff into... Yeah, I mean... The, the, the TV and what's-the-name universes. Because Grodd and that is amazing. Interesting to see. Mm. Um, I just, when, I, when I heard that they, they were doing this... <laughs> talking gorilla I thought what the fuck is going on oh, but yeah he looked super impressive in the episode in the sort of the the button scene when do you know the, the, like the comic book like origin story like it's a totally they've done like I'm so glad they did a new origin story for Gorilla God huh? there's a city hidden in I'm pretty sure Africa by holograms called Gorilla City and it's like 
when evolution happened, humans evolved, but gorillas evolved, like certain gorillas evolved too to be intelligent. And they, so they created their own little city under a hologram and gorilla God wants to like break out of there and like control earth. But then the gorillas are all like, we're peaceful and stuff like that. So they kick him out of gorilla city. And then that's how he, yeah. So he, he uses, the, the, uses the advanced technology from gorilla city to try and take over the world and stuff like that. And that's why <laughs> the psychic powers and stuff like that. So like, there's, there's some versions that I'm, like, happy that they always try a new origin story for. Because, like, mm. this one is, like, really heartfelt with, like, the Wells and... Oh, that's why you'll see him again. Because when Wells becomes proper, like, reverse flash, like, comes completely open and all that, he uses Grodd a lot. Because him and Grodd build a relationship when he was the test animal and stuff like that in mm. the lab and stuff like that. So... Um. Yeah, because uh, I've seen the crossover episode uh, Flash and Arrow from season two of, of Flash. Mm. And Harrison Wells is a good guy now because he's from Earth 2. Yes. Is he? Okay. Yeah. And then that's when that's when I saw well, the, the, te- Jay, Jay te- Gary. Te- technically, yeah. the Wells of this Earth was good as well. Okay. So that's what I mean. They're both good on both Earths. It's just this one's come over and stuff like that. Now, um, this might bleed over into talking about Legends of Tomorrow, but a while ago I saw Stephen Armel, who's awesome to follow on Facebook, by the way, because he's really, really active on social media. That's, he, what I mean. he, That's why I want Arrow to succeed, just for Stephen Amell's yeah, side he's, of things. He's, awesome. and he's he, such he, a he, nice guy. He'd, he'd be great in a movie as well. So that's why I hope they do the multiverse thing 10, 15 years down the road. Anyway, um, he was dressed up in old guy makeup. So it was in 2046 it was set. Is that Legends of Tomorrow? Or yeah, is that, in, that was okay. Legends of Tomorrow. And that's what I was hoping they were doing Flashpoint. No, uh, not Flashpoint. Yeah, it would have been Flashpoint. Or I can't remember. The one Cri- that, Crisis on Two Earths? No, it's the one I was talking about before, where it's the Green Arrow with like one arm and stuff like that. I think that's. Oh, I've I've only seen that in Dark yeah. Returns. Uh... Yeah, that, that Green Arrow. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's okay. what I mean. I'm so excited for all these birds. I hope I haven't delved into. I haven't had time to Legend of Tomorrow yet, so that's my next on my list. So, but what I've seen from it, it's people are having the same like vibe of it from like Shields and Shield and Gotham where it's going to start slow because it needs to build a war <laughs> backstory yeah. and stuff like that where those two shows have failed completely with S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Gotham because apparently Gotham I've given S.H.I.E.L.D. a chance I'm way into S.H.I.E.L.D. because it does get amazing later on but Gotham I'm still just like yeah um, I I think I'm only again 13 or 14 episodes into season 1 and it was yeah that that episode when they introduced venom or oh, the the venom the um serum that bane uses eventually. oh yeah um oh but, that yeah yeah but just the the cheesy acting and and it's just it, again it, it's it's two tones clashing with each other and they're not yeah molding got, very well they should have pulled completely from the comic book gdc yes oh they should that that is some heavy stuff like but then that's that's another problem. It's what network got it and stuff like that. Fox got is it Fox? I think Fox, that? Yeah. yeah. It's hard to tell because when it's on our Fox cell here in America, Australia, then yeah, it's hard to tell. But yeah, um, yeah, that's dark as hell. Like so many people die in GDC and stuff like because it's yeah. It, if if for the viewers and all that, GDC is literally Gotham on oh no, a G GCD GCPD. Yeah, GCPD. There we go. Gotham Police Department and stuff like that. And it's literally, like, set around the time. It's not, like, Gotham where it's set before Batman. It's set during the time of Batman and stuff like that. But, like, what the police force has to go through dealing with all these supervillains and stuff like that and the human side of, like... Batman's still a human, but he's in the Super League world while these cops are just cops and they have to deal with, like, the Joker, like, the, the aftermath of a Joker, like, plot or something like that. And then... I think they, they could have set it in set it like that, but have it be before Batman still because Batman's got so many great serial killer uh, characters who they could have pulled from. I mean, Calendar Man could have been an awesome character mm. for and you know as as a big bad um, overarching over the entire season. Plus, you got guys like Victor Zars, just those those crazy guys who exist anyway, but they they haven't escalated to the point. Well, they, know, of, they, they kind of tried of to set the, that the up. Joker, the Riddler, these yeah. costume heroes who only came in after Batman. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. They tried to. I think they might have got some bad 
revision or something because the first couple of episodes is just mobsters and stuff like that yeah. which it should have been because there's no super villains before Batman he that's like the like thing he always has to deal with like he always reckons that super villains are only coming because he became the Batman so yeah. then the the status quo had to reset itself to be super villains against him and stuff like that theme of escalation which was dealt with um, really really well in the Nolan trilogy um, yeah, but by by trying to cl- clean up the city, he made it worse. Mm. And that's yeah, that why he's yeah. always so conflicted. And that's maybe where this Batman in the new Batman vs Superman's come to that realization. Yeah, because I mean, he can't stop what he's doing because he's it's, it's an obsession. The ball, the ball is ro- and yeah. also the ball is rolling now. You can't just like stop what you've done because because the ball's the, not going to stop rolling now. The the Joker would be the only villain who would stop if the Batman stops because mm. you know, that's already been part of canon well not exactly canon but Dark Knight Returns no it's comic booky as well it happens yeah. a lot yeah okay I think that I can't remember what comic arc or something where both it looks it, like I'm pretty sure both Batman and Joker at nearly at the, around the same time fake their own deaths and both of them their journey is to find out if the other one's still alive <laughs> and like they both like retire completely like, both of them go out of existence, and they're only... Bruce doesn't believe that the Joker's gone, and the Joker doesn't believe the Batman's gone. So they both, like, in the behind the scenes, try and find each other, and then they eventually do, and then they Ooh. become Batman and Joker again. That'll be a great a- animated film. Mm. I think. Yeah. So that's pretty much all we want to say on Gotham because it's yeah sort of the red-headed Look, if, if you want to give it a chance like if, you, if you've <laughs> the, got time DC and you want to sit there and marathon yeah. apparently it gets good at the end yeah the episode where the uh, where Jim Gordon interrogates the kid who you know he's going to grow up to be Joker it was uh, really uh, that was that was a that was a good scene though. yeah but I don't I, I just don't want to know like I've never like I know I said last episode I don't like the Joker, but I the one thing I do like about Joker is the n- never like origin story of Joker. Yeah. And in no, it's not Zach who what's he, what's the other Snyder the one that's doing the comic Scott 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 Snyder's run of Batman. If you ever want to start with a Batman, start New Fifty Two Scott Snyder's Batman and give it a go. Oh my God, it's the best Batman ever. But the plotline they did right at the end where their Scott was finishing off his run on it with the Joker and all that. Being this like immortal being that's always lived, I, I, I apologize. I'd never got to the end. I haven't had time to read the end of the arc. But it was my favorite version that this Joker has always been there and is this immortal kind of like a uh, Vandal Savage that's always kind of mm. lived in the background of Gotham, causing at, like mild anarchy and stuff like that here and there. It's gonna be freaky. Yeah, because apparently, yeah, because Batman keeps finding photos of him, like like a person history yeah, that looks like Joker and stuff like that. And then the only real reason he becomes the proper Joker is because he finally found like this soul, like a soulmate to combat against, which is like covered in like the Dark Knight movie where like, oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. Oh man, it was just oh. the best that like he could never die, and he's always going to be this Joker like figure and stuff. Like that. And well, apparently in the comics, um, they're about to reveal the identity of the Joker. Yeah. But I, I just think that Gotham is um, sort of an Elseworlds. Story and it'd be good for casual audiences who don't mm. really know much about the mythology. I wonder if they're just, gonna, just to give an interesting take on the. I wonder the if they're now going to start blurring some of the. Uh, Fox is different. Fox is a whole different brand because they don't usually like to blend at all. But now with Supergirl blending with Flash and setting up this like ex- extended realities and stuff like that, alternate alternate God, I couldn't alternate realities and stuff like that, which is a big big thing in the comics and stuff like that. New different versions of Earth and stuff like that. So they can still do their plot lines with Aaron Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, but then Flash can go to the alternate reality where Supergirls exist and all that, because she doesn't exist in that universe. And they don't have Superman. And so is it like Earth 3? I don't know. what They name the new Earths all the time. Because like in Marvel, okay. the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Earth 9998 or something like that. That's how many different universes they have and- in theirs. I've heard Earth 616 is a big that's the continuity main, in the comics. That's Marvel's main... Yeah. That's their main storyline. But, um, yeah, now a Flash to Supergirl, and then we can start... Yeah, Supergirl itself is a whole different issue as well. Don't listen to what they say that it's bad. It's just, if you are like me, a male, and around 20 to 30-ish, it is not for you. It is for... <laughs> it is a show made f- for... 
your OC, you, like... OC crowd? Yeah, but, like, your young OC crowd. Like, mm. I loved OC when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Was, because, but, now, but now, like, if a new show that started like OC, I probably wouldn't like it because I'm not that age Maybe demographic the anymore. Maybe Little Liars? Yeah, so, that, something like that. Like I've never watched the show, the, by the way. That's the audience they're going for and all that, and they're the, they want to draw them into and into the superhero world. And Supergirl mm. is good that they've... They've put some major awesome characters in. They've put Red Tornado and stuff like the real like Martian Manhunter. And Martian Man, oh, the one character really really great. The one character I want in the real major like plot lines shows. They put her in Supergirl, and I'm like, if Supergirl can do it. Why can't we have it in other? Because Martian Manhunter is another favorite character of mine, not top character, but yeah, he would be very expensive to do though, and mm. CBS has a lot of money behind them. Yes. But yeah, um, Supergirl's really good. It covers a lot of issues and stuff like that, but I'm just not the target audience. And I'm cool with that, because like, I go watch a Bruce Lee film and I don't expect... Um, how is the... Yeah, yeah. I don't expect like a teenage girl to enjoy a Bruce Lee film. I'm not saying that a girl can't like a Bruce Lee film, but like, <laughs> the majority of them will. Like, like, my missus hates martial art films, so... But yeah, that, that movie is, is made for me. While Supergirl is made for a different demographic. Yeah, well, how was the uh, crossover episode with Flash? Oh. Like, what what actually happened? Um, I kind of oh no, now I'm blanking. Um, he yeah, um, he tries to cross over into Earth Two. Is what's Jay's Earth? Earth Two. Yeah, Earth Two. He tries to cross over and ends up in her universe, uh, her reality, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, they don't know each other because they don't know of each other because Supergirl doesn't exist in Flash's mm. reality and stuff like that. So then, yeah, it's about them two coming together, and then like, yeah, they didn't do the stupid plot of like when two superheroes come together, they fight each other straight away because oh, you're a superhero, I'm a superhero. You've got no, sorry, you've got superpowers, I got superpowers. You must be the evil one. No, you're the evil one, and then they fight each other. No, they literally team up straight away, and it was like so fresh and fine and stuff like that. And yeah, cool. because if for the demographic of Supergirls uh, fans, they're both original characters on Glee. Both char- Grant Gustin yeah. and her are both ex-Glee characters. So yeah, that's right. they're actually, the real life actors know each other in real life and you can tell that on the screen. They Would have great chemistry? Yeah, they have great chemistry. And now mm. it's sad that they're not in the same universe because I kind of want them in. But then you'd have to bring in... Because in Supergirl's universe, there is super, um, Superman and stuff like that. Mm. They don't, they, you never see it, but she always talks about her uncle and stuff like that, so... What about the supporting players in Supergirl? Because I've, I've never watched an episode. Ali McBeal is her boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it, it, it really is like a Devil Wears Parada superhero show. That's what really okay. like. So if you, it's yeah. If you watch Devil Wears Parada, it's literally that. But instead of see, what's I, would, named... I would like to watch all of these shows. I just don't have time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. I don't know because there's not just also superhero shows. There's so many other shows. Yeah. But yeah, it. That's what I mean. It's one of those ones like it's good to be there, but you. Don't have if you don't if it's not your demographic, that's cool. That means you don't have to watch it because you can you can binge watch it on the when when it's off season. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's nothing to keep up with because I'm pretty sure most your anyone's groups that watch these other shows aren't really watching these shows either. You'll have your hardcore fans that will your hard hardcore DC fans that will watch it because it's just a DC product, but they're not the demographic it's going for. So they have, they're the ones that kind of have. But then as we said, throws Red Tornado and man. man Martian, Martian Manhunter. Man Why was that a bit of a tongue twister then? <laughs> but yeah, so it's still really good. Like, but I'm just not who they're searching for to watch it. I'll go back mm. to Flash and what. But that's it was good for the crossover episode. They had a lot of. It was pretty much it was Supergirl's world because. But I haven't watched the part two, which is um, Flash side of the story, like they do with Arrow and Flash. Oh, they I don't. Do. I don't know okay. if she's coming over to this unit, the CB um, CW, CW universe, yeah. but. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. It would be weird if she and Green Arrow were on the on screen. <sighs> she kind of wrecks the yeah status quo because she's way too powerful. Yeah. That's why they yeah they they trying to shy away from having Batman. I mean, for having Superman in the CW universe because he he kind of breaks reality. And even Green Lantern because uh, wasn't Ferris Airfield uh, mentioned in the pilot? I know, and that's the big rumor that Diggle's going to be John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because his name, he's John Diggle, so maybe Diggle is just his middle name, and he's actually John Diggle Stewart, and oh, oh, the possibilities, because that's... <laughs> are, you, are you excited about that? Oh, man, I would fucking... He, 
he would perfectly make Jon Stewart. That's yeah. why I've always said he should be a superhero and just go off and do his own spin-off show. Like, as soon as they did Flash spin-off, I was like, spin-off John Diggle. Make him somebody else. Like, as we said earlier in the podcast, he's... He, they shoehorn him into a, like a sidekick character but he's so much better than that but then he's also ruined then because he makes some of the best scenes in a lot of the seasons mm. and stuff like that but yeah he's I think he's strong enough to sh- run his own show and oh man him and Jon Stewart because Jon Stewart is an Earth Greenland he stays on Earth so you can do pull from his storylines oh, and stuff right. like that he, he had a big arc when John when Hal Jordan had the big parallax thing and disappeared and stuff like that. He took over as Hal's, sec- Hal's sector, but he came to Earth for a while until the two new... Kyle Rayner. Kyle and the, the Middle Eastern one. I can't remember okay. the new guy. And, you know, Kyle Rayner and uh, Hal Jordan. He's the, new, the, the newest one's really good as well. Well, it'd be good if he became Greenlander because he would get, most likely, a better costume. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I hate that helmet thing. <laughs> He's low-rent Magneto at the moment. But Um, it's funny because, like, in reality, that is a more purposeful suit than most superheroes wear. But Mm. that's the problem with trying to bring comic book things into life. Because in a comic book, like, things like X-Men, the X-Men yellow suits and all that look amazing in the comics. But you try and bring them into reality and it looks... It looks like you're wearing a banana. Yeah, they went too far the, the other way with just playing black leather. Mm, yeah, with like the little green, yellow X and stuff like that. But then even that still, because they had, when they were originally doing the casting and costumes, they had the yellow suits and they had, there's photos in the internet somewhere of them in the yellow suits and they look horrifying. <laughs> All right, that's uh, just about everything that we want to talk about at all these different shows. Yeah, go out. Like if you've got time, yeah. everyone, everyone's got time. Most of them... Everyone these days nearly has a Netflix account. If not, Foxtel, they're playing on normal telly. Just give them a chance. A lot of them, a lot of them even the bad ones, get good. If you've got time. Yeah, it, yeah. even those have their bright spots as, as well every week, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but, apparently Gotham, but I still have yet to be impressed by that at all. Yeah, that hasn't really grabbed me. Um, anyway, that'll, that'll do it. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on uh, Twitter at Geek2Cum, on Facebook at Geek2Cum, and also via my email address, alexnaum at uh, gmail, uh, 88 at gmail.com. Thanks yeah. very much for listening. Oh, yeah, if you want to come bug me about my stuff as well, I'm on NatoJ18. And if you like games as well, slight plug, NATO's Gaming <laughs> Corner on YouTube. Come check that out as well. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>